Welcome. You're about to listen to a teaching of the Foursquare Gospel Church, VGC District. At Foursquare, we believe in the transformation of communities through the multiplication of disciples, leaders, churches, and movements. May your hearts be blessed and transformed as you we listen. We want to be with you. We want to experience your presence. We want you, Lord, to help us. We want your presence. We want your presence. We want to feel your presence as you minister to us this morning. We pray, eternal rock of ages, that you touch our hearts this morning. The Lord, let's experience the transforming power of your word this morning. Let us experience the transforming power of your word this morning. I just pray for fresh anointing this morning. I pray for fresh anointing this morning. I pray, Lord, that, Father, your work will work transformation in our hearts in the name of Jesus. Thank you, eternal rock of ages. Glory, honor, and adoration be unto thy name. In Jesus' name we are praying. Praise the Lord. Please be seated. We are continuing with our theme, Revive Me, Lord. Revive Me, Lord. And this morning, I'll be sharing with us on the topic, Getting Ready for Revival. Getting Ready for Revival. I want us to quickly turn our Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. And I'm going to read verses 12 to 14. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14, and I'm reading from the New International Version. It says, Not that I have already obtained all this, or have arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want to thank God for the awareness that he has helped us to build around our team. Revive me, Lord. In the month of February, I, one thing I do know is that the Lord has indeed built awareness around the need for revival. I have listened to a lot of our prayers on many of our platforms and have seen changes. I have seen that our prayers have moved to asking God to revive us, seeking after righteousness. And I just want to thank God because that is the beginning that is the beginning. 
And I pray that the Lord will help us as we progress this month in the name of Jesus. I thank God for the Bible study on Wednesday and what um, uh, Pastor Mrs. Aliu um, did in looking at our heart. And she concluded by saying that, look, revival is about the heart. And I'm going to be building on that this morning. I'm going to be building on that this morning as I look at the issue of how to get ready for revival. How do we get ready for revival? You know, so that it will help our thinking, our praying, and to condition our heart for revival. And I'll be reviewing some of the suggestions made by W, by Dr. Um, A.W. Tozer, as was further highlighted by Stephen Alford. What I have done is to look at some of these suggestions and have, I call them the 10 Ds, because I've used the word D, D, D to start each of them. And I just want you to just pay close attention as I run through this this morning, because our time is very short and I want to be able to go through them. Some of them I would emphasize and try to do a bit of teaching around them. Others I will just run through. The outline will come on different platforms very shortly. The very first one is we need to be, you need some form of discontentment with your current spiritual state. You need a form of discontentment with your current spiritual state. Now, if you are happy with where you are spiritually, then perhaps you are not ready for revival. But for you to be ready for revival, you need to, be, to, to have some form of discontentment with your current spiritual state. Get thoroughly dissatisfied with your spiritual state. They say complacency is the deadly enemy of spiritual progress. The contented soul is the stagnant soul. So we need to be discontented. If there's one thing you need to be discontented with, it's your spiritual state, so that you can continue to grow, you can continue to press on. And as we get ready for revival, that becomes a takeoff point. It becomes a takeoff point. And that's why when you look at our text this morning, two things I want us to look at. You know, you look at the book of Philippians, you look at Paul, you will see that in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, Paul talks about contentment. But in chapter 3, he talks about discontentment. In chapter 4, he says, let me read it from NIV, verses 11 and 12. He says, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content 
in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. That's Paul. Here, Paul is speaking of earthly goods and possession. And when talking about earthly goods and possession, materials, he says, I have learned to be content. But the same Paul, the same Paul, when referring to his spiritual life, he testified. He says, I press towards the mark. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14, I read from the New International Version. He says, not that I have already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That is Paul. That is Paul. When he was talking about material things, he talked about contentment. A few weeks back in our house fellowship, we, we studied contentment. And here we see Paul, when it comes to material things, when it comes to earthly things, Paul is saying that, look, he has learned to be content. But in, when he comes to his spiritual life, he says, I press towards the mark. He does what? He presses towards the, the mark. It shows that when it comes to spiritual things, he's not content with his current situation. But rather, he is bringing in everything to bear as he presses on. Now, is there a lesson there for us? Is there a lesson there for us? For Paul, the priority of his ranking and the reaction to two areas of his life are most instructive. To earthly material possession is contentment. To spiritual life, it is discontentment. And that's why he says, I am pressing on. Brethren, what is our priority ranking and our reaction? What is your own priority ranking? As we ask the Lord to revive us, what is your priority ranking? For many of us, even Christians, it is the other way around. When it comes to spiritual matters, we are content. That's where you hear, That's where you hear, ah, Am I not even better than Peter? After all, he does not even pray much. Me, I'm a member of prayer band. So when it comes to spiritual matters, we reverse it. So in spiritual matters, we express content. In material matters, we express discontent. So and that's why when you look at your account, you have X sum, you are thinking of how do I double it? How do I triple it? You have one car, you are thinking of how do I make it two? You have one house, you are thinking of how do I make it two? Three, four, five, and it goes on. 
You have one set of gold. You want to make it two. You want to make it three. But when it comes to spiritual matter, it is, ah, take it easy with me. Brethren, is that our attitude? Is that our attitude? We need to learn from Paul. When it came to spirit, to material and earthly matters, Paul says, look, I have learned to be content. But when it came to spiritual matters, he says, no. It's discontentment. Pressing on. Pressing on. Pressing on. And that's where to start from. That's where to start from. As we get ready for revival, we need to reverse our priority ranking. We need to learn from Paul. And I pray that the Lord will help us. I pray that the Lord will help us. And that's why Paul says, look, but one thing I do. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul here, using the imagery of a runner, helps us to picture him as exerting all his strength and pressing on with all the concentration and focus he can muster together in order not to fall short of the goal that Christ has set for his life. And that is Paul. I mean, look at all the effort. Look at the concentration that he brings to bear. Look at the imagery that he has gone to use. When you see runners trying to run, be it short distance or long distance, you need to look at their faces and you know that, look, they are ready to put in everything. Brethren, if we want revival, we must be ready to put in everything. We must be ready to do what? Put in everything. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. We must be ready to put in everything. So Paul, he, Paul never wanted to fall short of the goal that Christ has set for his life. And that goal is Paul's perfect oneness with Christ. We see that in Philippians 3, 8 to 10. His final salvation and his resurrection from the dead, as we see in Philippians 3, 11. He was, he, 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 he was not ready in any way to compromise this. And that's why in writing to Timothy, in 2 Timothy 1.16, he said to his uh, mentee, he said, so, steer up the gift of God that is in you. Steer up the gift of God that is in you. Brethren, let's steer up the gift of God that is in us. Let us be like the runner, the athlete. Let us focus let us bring our energy to bear and let us press on. And I pray that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. The second one is let's desire for transformation of our lives. Desire for transformation of your life. Desire it. 
Don't be timid about it. Don't be timid about it because timid experimenters are tagged for failure before they start. Timid experimenters are tagged for failure before they start. So don't be timid about this. Desire for transformation of your life. You must throw, we must throw our whole soul into our desire for God. We must throw in everything into our desire for God. Matthew eleven twelve. our Lord Jesus Christ, in looking at the times of John, said, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and the forceful men lay hold of it. We must put in everything. He looked at the commitment of the people who were following John, the, their, their commitment, their hunger for God. And after that, how some of them now started following our Lord Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God is not for experimenters. It's not for those who are passive. No, it's not. It's not. We must be ready to give up everything for this one precious thing. The kingdom requires our giving everything. So, in other words, experiencing the kingdom of heaven with all its blessings requires earnest endeavor and diligent faith, spiritual warfare that includes the will to resist Satan's sin and often corrupt society. The kingdom of God is not for those who seldom pray or who compromise with the world, neglect the, the word of God, and have very little spiritual hunger. It's not. The kingdom is for men who are committed, who show commitment, who are willing to give up everything for the kingdom. Men like Joseph, men like Nathan, men like Elijah, men like Daniel, men like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, men like Mordecai, Men like Peter and John, women like and, and Stephen and Paul, and women like Deborah, women like Ruth, women like Esther, who would say, if I perish, let me perish. I am going to see the king. Women like Mary, Anna, the prophetess, and Lydia, great women of God. Women that we should emulate. That's those that the kingdom of God are meant for. And as we prepare ourselves for revival, these are characters to study. These are people to look up to. Revival calls for complete commitment. And I pray that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Thirdly, we need to discover and be on the path of his blessing. We need to discover and be on the path of his blessing. There are plainly marked paths which lead straight to the green pastures. Let us walk in them. The paths are clear. And we know, we know, we must not falter. We must not go amiss. We need to follow those paths. But sometimes we follow the wrong path and we expect the right results. We miss it. 
If you don't follow the path that leads to green pasture, and you follow the wrong path, you will not get to the green pasture. To desire revival, for instance, and at the same time to neglect prayer and devotion, is to wish one way, and then you walk the other way. I pray that that will not be a portion in Jesus' name. And then the fourth point is deep repentance. Deep repentance. Do a thorough job of repenting. Do a thorough job of repenting. Do not hurry through your repentance. Hasty repentance means a shallow spiritual experience and a lack of certainty in the whole life. Let godly sorrow do her work. Let godly sorrow do her healing work in us. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. 2 Corinthians 7.10, the New International Version. There are two kinds of sorrows. There is a genuine sorrow for sin that leads to repentance. And that is a change of heart that causes us to turn from sin to God. This type of repentance leads to salvation. For Paul, repentance from sin and faith in Christ are human responsibilities in salvation. Then the second kind of sorrow, in contrast, the unrepentant often become sorry only for the consequences of their sin. Only for the consequences. Only for the consequences of their sin. Not for the sin. And typically, consequences happen when you are caught. Or when you begin to pay the price. Then you are sorry for the consequences. But not sorry for the sin. But godly sorrow and the kind of genuine sorrow we're talking about is to be sorry for the sin. Whether you are caught or not. Whether the consequences have crystallized or not. Some people will commit adultery or commit, and then it's only when they are caught. So they are sorry for being caught, not sorry for adultery. Others will commit fornication, and then it leads to pregnancy. They become sorry because there is pregnancy, not because fornication took place. Or you steal and you are caught, and so on. It goes on and on and on. But brethren, as we as, 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 as we're looking up to God for revival, Godly sorrow is to be sorry for our sins, whether we are caught or not, whether the consequences have crystallized or not, because sin is sin, is an affront to God, and God does not want sin. I pray that the Lord will help us. Deep repentance, deep repentance, very important as we get set for revival. And then fifthly, do restitution where possible. Do restitution where possible. If you owe a debt, pay it. Or at least have a frank understanding with your creditor about your intentions to pay. So your honesty will be above question. Some people, once they borrow, they don't as they are borrowing, they have no intention of paying. 
I pray that that will not be said among us here in Jesus' name. Those who are trusting the Lord for revival, don't behave like that. And if you've done some things and you are in a position to restitute, brethren, pray that the Lord will grant you the grace to restitute. If you have quarreled with anyone, go as far as you can in an effort to achieve reconciliation. As much as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. As fully as possible, make the crooked things straight. And that's why I like Zacchaeus in the Bible. I mean, great guy. You can see his passion when he heard that the Lord Jesus was passing by. I mean, he was determined to see Jesus. He was determined to see Jesus. He did everything he could. He would not even allow his natural limitations to stand on his way. So he went on a tree. And when Jesus was passing on his way into Jericho, he then beckoned to Zacchaeus as soon as he got to that tree and said, Zacchaeus should do what? Come down. Come down. Jesus will take notice of you. And that day became the day of salvation for Zacchaeus. And that was the beginning of revival for him. And he goes on to say in Luke 19, 8, But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possession to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Restitution. 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 Do restitution where possible. Then the sixth point is devotion to righteousness. Devotion to righteousness. Bring your life into accord with the sermon on the mount and such other New Testament scriptures as are designed to instruct us in the way of righteousness. Take your time to go to Matthew chapters 5 through to 7. It's a revelation of God's principle of righteousness as exposed by our Lord Jesus Christ. Study them. Study them carefully and pray that the Lord will help you and grant you the grace to leave them out. And the Lord will help you. Seven, be determined. You know, determined to be serious-minded. Determined to be serious-minded. Review your time and activities. What do you spend your time doing? What do you spend your time doing? Make a list of your activities and mark the ones that are God-edifying and the ones that lift your spirit. And we need to do that now because we live in this age. There's so much happening, particularly on the social media. And many of us belong to practically all of them. You belong to WhatsApp, to Facebook, to Twitter, to... Uh, name them all. You can imagine how much time they take. Now, you can tell me that, well, okay, in church, we use it to send out our materials. Yes, we do, and we'll continue to do as long as we can get the attention of people there. 
But how much of your time are you investing in those things? And what are you doing there? What are you checking out there? You know, these days, you, you can sit on WhatsApp. They fold all kinds of things. All kinds of videos from jesters to, you know, and some of them even make fun of the church. And some of those things are even done in the church. And so, how are you spending your time? How are you spending your time? You must be determined to be serious-minded. Take an inventory and then break away from activities that are not God-glorifying and spirit-lifting. Otherwise, you begin to accept the devil's ideas. You begin to accept the devil's moral standards and the devil's mental attitude without your knowing. And you wonder why you cannot make progress in your Christian life. You must do your interior check. And that was what Pastor Mr. Liu was telling us about the heart. Your interior check, whether you call it heart, you call it mind, whatever you call it. Interior check. Your interior climate is not favorable to the growth of spiritual graces. If your interior climate is not favorable to the growth of spiritual graces, then you need to do a careful rethink. You need to do a careful rethink. There must be a radical change in your habits or there will not be any permanent improvement in your interior life. Then eight, deliberately narrow your interests. Deliberately narrow your interests. The jack of all trades is a master of none. The Christian life requires that we be specialists. Too many projects use up time and energy without bringing us nearer to God. Jesus only. Christ is the essence of all wisdom, beauty, and virtue. To know him in growing intimacy is to increase in appreciation of all things good and beautiful. The mansions of the heart will become larger when their doors are thrown open to Christ and closed against sin. I pray that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. And then nine, develop the habit of witnessing. Develop the habit of witnessing. Find out what God wants you to do and get to work on it immediately. Refuse to rust out. When you are not active for God, you will rust out. Whether you like it or not, you will. You will be taken in and taken in and taken in. So you become like a pond. And what happens to ponds? Hmm? They do what? Yes, they stink. But be a channel so that your life can, you know, bless others. Your life can be a channel of blessing to many others. So find out what God wants you to do and get to work. Get to work. Get to work. Refuse to rust out. The great commission is always there. And we're told in Matthew 28 verse 19, it says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. There are so many people who have not heard the gospel. Who need to hear the gospel? Who need to be told that Jesus loves them?
who need to be told that Jesus saves. Real saves, saves lives. Some time ago, one of my sessions at the Hagar Institute, one of our brethren who came in there was sharing with us that someone wore a T-shirt, and on that T-shirt was Jesus saves. And then somebody stopped him and said, Jesus saves in which bank? <laughs> Maybe we should guess it's up me to go and answer that question. But it shows you how much people need to know about Christ. We may laugh because we think it's common knowledge when we say Jesus saves that people, everyone knows. The world is yet to know. There's so many people out there who need to know. And you and I need to take the message out to them. So we need to develop the habit of witnessing. We need to share. And finally, the tent, driven by faith in God. Have faith in God and be driven by your faith in God. Let's begin to expect. Let's begin to expect. We're praying and trusting the Lord for revival. We want the Lord to revive each of us. My prayer is that the Lord will revive every member and worshiper in this church. I am that ambitious. I don't want anyone to be left behind. I don't want anyone to be left behind. If you believe it, shout a louder amen. amen. Shout it. Let the heavens hear you. Amen. I don't want anyone to be left behind. I want everyone to be revived. Amen. If you believe it, shout a louder amen. amen. Let's begin to expect. Begin to expect. Look up towards the throne where your advocate sits at the right hand of God. All heaven is on our side. All heaven is on your side. God will not disappoint you. God will not disappoint you. As you look up to him for revival, he will not disappoint you. He has never disappointed. He is not just going to begin. He will not disappoint you. He will not disappoint you. And brethren, if you follow these suggestions, you will most surely experience revival in your own heart. And who can tell how far it may spread? The revival that starts in your life, who can tell where the Lord will take it to? My prayer is that the Lord will start an oasis of righteousness in this place. And by his grace, it will continue to spread. The Lord is at work. The Lord is at work. We need to recognize it. We need to open up to the Lord. Don't close in. Don't close in. God knows how to, God knows how desperately the church needs a spiritual revival. And it can only come through the revived individuals. It can only come through revived individuals. And I pray that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. I want us to rise and begin to pray. I want you to all rise. Let us talk to God. 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 Where are you running short? We've gone through a list of ten things. Where are you running short? Where are you running short? 
where are you running short you need to be discontent with your spiritual state you need to desire for transformation of your life you need to discover and be on the path of his blessings we need deep repentance do restitution where possible devotion to righteousness be determined to be serious-minded deliberately narrow your interests develop the habit of witnessing and be driven by faith in god ask that the lord will help you ask that the lord will help you god will not disappoint you he will not disappoint you talk to god talk to god are you here you have not at any time given your life to christ you have not at any time given your life to christ you have not taken that decision that godly sorrow for your sins and repentance that comes from the depths of your heart you have not gone through that experience today presents a unique opportunity for you this is your chance whilst all eyes are closed i want you to just put your right hand on your chest and begin to talk to the lord put your right hand on your chest put your right hand on your chest you and ask the lord jesus to come into your life that is the very first step towards revival put your right hand on your chest and leave it right there as you begin to talk to god that is the first step towards revival and begin to confess your sins and begin to repent begin to confess your sins begin to confess your sins put your right hand on your chest you are standing before god before the king of kings and the lord of laws jesus is here right now he is here he's here to forgive sins he's here to deliver if you are here and you have never at any time given your life to christ put your right hand on your chest and begin to speak to god begin to confess your sins and begin to repent of them we've talked of godly repentance ask that the lord will have mercy on you he's here he's at the door of your heart he is delighted and happy he is delighted and happy he wants to forgive you he wants to build a relationship with you ask him ask him to come into your life ask him to forgive you ask him to cleanse you and ask him to begin the work of transformation in your life father lord i want to thank you for all those that have placed their right hands on their chest whether those that are on site here with us or those that have connected to us online i just pray eternal rock of ages that lord you will hear their cry the lord you hear their cry the father you would have mercy on them that as they confess their sins as they repent and forsake their sins the lord you forgive them the father you forgive them and you have mercy on them the lord they will be reconciled to you the lord you come into their lives just as you have promised that you stand at the door of our hearts and you knock if any man hears you and opens you will come in and dine with him or her the lord you fulfill that promise in their lives today that they will become new creation 
that they will become new creation that you will commence a work of transformation in their lives thank you eternal rock of ages glory be unto your name and the rest of us father help us lord get us ready for revival get us ready for revival get us ready for revival help us eternal rock of ages to bring everything to bear to bring everything to bear help us lord not to be timid experimenters but to be committed followers committed to desiring your revival in the name of jesus revive us lord revive us lord that's our heart cry that's our heart cry revive us father revive us lord in jesus name we pray amen